Hello, thanks for joining in. Oh, hang on. Hello, thanks for joining in. Welcome to today's broadcast. I hope you missed me, any of my usual viewers, and I hope you're all trying your best to keep up with uh, the live trial that's happening right now under Mitch McConnell's weird rules of having 24 hours worth of information allowed to be presented by both both sides, as it were, the people laying out Trump's crimes and misconduct and his lawyers pretending that crime is fine and that the president is above the law. So they both have 24 hours that has to be used within a 48-hour period and the Senate sits at 1 p.m. So the Democrats have had to choose whether or not they're going to go for two 12-hour two stretches starting at 1 p.m. and ending at 1 a.m. in the morning before resuming again the next day at 1 p.m. Also, they've changed it to three days now. Excellent. That's a good update. Uh, in any case, what's just passed is uh, a split along party lines vote in which Senate Republicans have essentially uh, quashed the hope of bringing witnesses and documents into the trial. They're uh, new witnesses, so being able to subpoena John Bolton, Mick Mulvaney, any of the other complicit uh, White House administration folk who were part of Trump's drug deal, as it were. Yes, so they're allowing previous evidence, uh, but they have to type it or present it in new documents afresh. So yes, but more significantly than saying the senators are cultists, we can say they're part of a criminal cult because there is a degree of awareness that what they're doing is wrong and then what Trump has done is wrong and a very significant betrayal of the American constitution and that he's catering to a minority of American voters who don't mind anymore if American laws are broken and if the American constitution is overturned, provided they get the power that they felt was slipping from their grasp and that they feel is rightfully theirs and that they wish to impose on the rest of the country. So when I say minoritarian authoritarians, I mean to say those uh, both theologically driven and those financially driven criminals who are happy to upend America. So yes, the only thing I would add is um, not to be concerned with the phrase history will not be kind to them uh, because we're engaged in essentially a fight for our lives in which if they are the victors they will write history and we can just assume that they won't win uh, but that's not an evidence-based assumption sometimes might wins, sometimes the wrong people doing the wrong thing win so I'm here to suggest that a belief in karma is misguided and a belief in the arc of history bending towards justice is also misguided. I think I came across a quote saying, those who love peace must learn to organize as well as those who love war. Uh, so that's really what I want to be part of. And uh, I came across a Twitter thread yesterday by somebody who's written a book showing that, yes, rather than just engaging in an endless emotional intellectual gratification cycle on Twitter, it's been shown that participating locally in politics rather than devoting hours of our lives to a political hobby of um, 
indulging in, in our confirmation bias within our circle of, of friends and fellow thinkers on the internet, we need to be doing more to make that a real-life interaction with others who might not otherwise be exposed to the logic and the evidence underpinning our devotion to politics at this critical point in our collective history. So we have some trolls. Ooh. Oh, Mr. Ed, I'm glad you're happy to see me. I will put your comment up on the screen for, um, for validation. And how can we get rid of these trolls? Um, I know what we can do. I can go online separately and try to block them. If there's anybody else who needs to be appointed as an administrator, let me know. I'm always on the lookout for more administrators, people who can help me uh, with blocking troll comments that interfere with the general working of this broadcast. Now, what can happen here? Let's see. So this is my hand here. I want to bring along a whiteboard, but I don't mm -hmm. think it's going to fit very much. Hmm. All right, so if I can write on that whiteboard and then sort of pull it towards me, that might work. You muted them. I am grateful. Somebody called Harvested Beasts. Ah, oh, yes, Norma Jean. Thank you so much. Good work. Uh, I'll try not to move the screen around so abruptly. So what else is the news that we can share with each other? What I've got up on screen is a jumbotron that's currently um, outside the United States Senate right now. And it's playing footage from the House hearings. So even though new witnesses aren't permitted, according to, the, um, to Mitch McConnell's success in shutting down the Schumer amendments, proposing uh, subpoenaing various relevant witnesses, uh, at least for the onlookers outside the Senate, there is this exposure. And I think Americans do understand that they should pay closer than ever attention to what is being so carefully concealed from them. Uh, that there's so much effort and energy being put in by the criminal mastermind Mitch McConnell. I call him a criminal mastermind because he's clearly been um, dragging the United States Congress via his leadership of the Republican Party towards infamy for a long time. Uh, it's interesting that we had a comment saying um, someone has perfection in medical technology. Great for you. Uh, Lev Parnas's interview with Rachel Maddow is appearing. He's, I heard Parnas say that Trump was at a dinner meeting in um, a hidden part of Trump Hotel that looks like a lighthouse. I'd love to get confirmation from anybody who's had the misfortune to go to Trump Hotel about some private room that looks like a lighthouse, but it might be super private, reserved only for, for Trump and his immediate circle of friends. Uh, Someone asks, we've been overthrown, but are the Republicans Russian agents or not? Uh, the word is assets. If you provide services to Russian intelligence operatives, if you provide service to the um, corrupt president of Russia, then you are a Russian asset. You are helping them. And essentially, a lot of the GOP have become Russian assets because they've accepted payments from the NRA. And as many of us know, the NRA 
funneled money from the NR from Russia, um, from Vladimir Putin, the wealthiest man in the world, uh, to the Republican Party. So certainly, uh, the American government has been for sale to a significant degree for a while. Uh, that's why you have the highest homicide rate in the developed world. People often talk about gun violence, but they seem reluctant to take a step back and go, yes, not only does America have very high rates of gun violence, it has very high rates of homicides, uh, in large part because your gun violence rate is so high, because guns are tools for making murder and suicide easier. Uh, so... As somebody aptly said about all of the militia organizing and demonstrating in Virginia recently, these are afraid white men, very indulgent in anxiety and in cyclical anxiety thinking that leaves them afraid that their government will treat them as badly as American governments have treated minority populations in previous eras and, and still to a degree currently. Somebody's pointing out that Jeff is the official wealthiest person in the world. Yes, uh, Putin's wealth is f largely derived from stealing from the Russian people and therefore has to be laundered and can't be as above board as Jeff Bezos', Jeff Bezos's uh, billions of dollars. So Putin allegedly has, I'll say reportedly, because there are reports and the Panama Papers leaked and one of the journalists involved in that reporting was murdered, uh, but $200 billion in offshore accounts for Vladimir Putin, uh, sometimes in the offshore accounts of his friends. So a childhood friend who plays the cello has billions of dollars in his account. Uh, so there's no, not a great deal of point dithering about the fact that Vladimir Putin is extremely and criminally wealthy. Uh, I think we can be open in saying that. Uh, Jack's... Sally Cat saying, I fear the impeachment trial will change no one's mind. Uh, but Sally, let's look at the psychology of Americans. There is certainly a strong degree of um, hyper-partisanship and hyper-tribalism at play, but there's also still a significant quantity of independence in the US and their votes are critical in US elections. You still need to win a majority. So my concern is that everybody should be joining uh, Fair Fight Action, which is a group that um, Abrams started. What's her name? Abrams. Anyway, her surname is Abrams, and you'll know her. She was a candidate for uh, the Georgian governor. She was unsuccessful in that, but it's accepted by a lot of people now that the degree of voter repression carried out by the Secretary of State, Brian Kemp, who coincidentally happened to be the Republican candidate for governor. So he was running in an election for governor that he was also controlling as Secretary of State in charge of polling booths and, and voting infrastructure. So many uh, voting machines were left concealed in a factory. Other voting machines in districts that were predominantly African-American um, surprisingly were issued without electrical um, cords, electrical extension cords, meaning they couldn't be plugged in, meaning there was a delay. So essentially, Abrams won the Georgian election for governorship if voting had been conducted appropriately, but Brian Kemp 
failed to recuse himself from his position as Secretary of State whilst running for governor of Georgia. Um, so you had lunch today with a smart, independent person who feels confused and thinks both sides are rotten. Yes, well, that smart person is still a product of, I guess, the propaganda system that's very powerful in the US. So regardless of how smart anybody is, you can typically tell where their political loyalties lie uh, by finding out from them what, what are their primary media sources. So if they have Facebook as a primary source of information, they'll be deluged with low-quality um, Oh, they'll be deluged with lies and disinformation. Thanks, Mark Zuckerberg, for profiting off the degradation of democracy. And um, somebody asks, if the Senate finds Trump innocent and Trump wins again, what will the impeachment affect? Oh, if Trump wins re-election, yes, that will be a very bad outcome. The Senate is already proving itself uh, to be entirely given over to criminality and conceal, well, criminal obstruction of justice. Uh, so, yeah, that is a problem, but a significantly high enough proportion of the American electorate at present already believe Trump to be guilty of abusing his power, and they already believe Trump to be guilty of um, improperly withholding American taxpayer money that had been duly appointed by Congress in order to use that money, which was not his, to extort, to bring improper, improper influence to bear on the president of Ukraine, to co-opt the president of Ukraine into a cheating, um, a cheating scandal whereby he would use Pre um, President Zelensky uh, to conceal from the public the origins of an investigation, to pressure, to pressure Zelensky into starting an investigation that he would then not be truthful to the public about, that he would then say, this was all from my own initiative. I just decided of my own accord to investigate uh, Joe Biden's son uh, and conceal that he had been asked to do so and pressured to do so by President Trump using... $400 million or $391 million worth of American taxpayer money that had been duly appointed by a bipartisanship, a bipartisan vote in Congress to go towards supporting Ukraine uh, as a military ally, as an ally of the US, finding itself under ongoing violent attack from Russia. Yes, we thank America... We thank Australia for Rupert Murdoch. It's got an H at the end of his name. Uh, I just tell you so that if you ever wish to participate in hashtags saying boycott Murdoch media, you can join in uh, appropriately. It is a bit fancy, isn't it, John? We've got a screen up that looks to be historic footage of Lindsey Graham explaining why it's so important and so necessary to have witnesses in a uh, impeachment trial in the Senate. Um, I've seen footage of Lindsey Graham explaining various things now, why witnesses are important, why abuse of power uh, is still a crime, and why the framers of the Constitution were keen to have a check on the president's powers if those powers were abused, if, that, uh, if the rights and privileges associated with that office were abused to serve alternate interests and not the interests of the American people.
So I like the way that Democrats have been framing this recently, really highlighting the fact that Trump betrayed the American people and the interests of the American people, that it weakens America militarily as well as geopolitically to have Trump abusing taxpayer funds, abusing uh, the separation of powers. It's, it's often not stressed that the executive branch has certain powers and Congress, the legislative branch, has certain powers. One of the powers of the legislative branch is the power of the purse. They make laws and they vote to um, distribute money, money collected by the government. And some of that money has gone through bipartisan votes and was determined to be used to support an American ally that's critical to preserving American influence and American power in the, in the world, in the global hierarchy. Now, Republicans and Donald Trump like to pretend that it's not important anymore to preserve American geopolitical power and influence because they like to say, well, we have Trump on our side. All he has to do is keep saying how powerful we are and that will make it true because they understand that Trump will stop at nothing. Trump doesn't feel constrained by typical diplomatic um, standards. Trump will use nuclear weapons at the drop of a hat and that's supposed to keep America safe instead of having uh, geopolitical influence and um, hierarchical power as a superpower. Because, yes, Trump is now the only avenue for, for American throwing your weight around uh, to be done to support Saudi Arabia, to be done to support Russian interests, uh, not to support American interests anymore, but Republicans hope to conceal that from as many American people as they can continue to hoodwink. And I just think that less of the American people uh, are hoodwinkable than the GOP is gambling on. So now the other issue that we have to address is voter suppression and vote manipulation. So having um, voting machines that potentially are connectable to the internet, and if they're connectable to the internet, then they're hackable. So it's in all our interests now to ask demand of legislators at a state level to preserve election security. Trump's not going to do it at a federal level because it's not in his interest to protect the votes of American voters. He actively wants to help Russia uh, change the voting tallies in swing states, in battleground states, to continue his uh, time occupying the Oval Office. So it's not, um, yes, b beyond even getting out the vote, beyond talking people who don't customarily vote into the urgent need for them to vote, uh, there is the question of devoting some time and resources to helping out African Americans whose voting rights are being are under attack from Republicans. They can do that because not just out of racism, but out of uh, partisan desire to keep their criminal activities from oversight and prosecution and any type of consequences. So Republicans are targeting African American voters because they are a reliable Democrat voting bloc. So where you see um, poll taxes, unofficial poll taxes, such as Florida, where the governor, a, a Trump follower and Lev Parnas friend, uh, Ron DeSantis, they have instituted laws saying you can't vote unless all of your fines have been paid. And people should know that African-Americans are disproportionately um, prosecuted, disproportionately challenged, disproportionately stopped. Uh, disproportionately convicted of minor crimes uh, 
drug use that white people aren't convicted for, even when there is equivalent or indeed extra drug consumption patterns on the part of white drug users. Uh, it will still it is still more likely to be black drug users who are pulled over, who who have uh, warrants given, who are the subject of investigations and prosecutions for drug use. So they're more likely to have fines and therefore more likely to have to be disenfranchised in terms of voting. So there's lots of measures that Republicans adopt in order to reduce the Democratic vote. Uh, no, in Australia, there's not voter suppression efforts. Everybody has to vote, so it all uh, has to go ahead like that. We just have a lot of activity on the deception front. So Rupert Murdoch, who controls Fox News in the US, controls 70% of Australian print media, as well as having some of his millionaire buddies control a lot of the television media. So Australians are very are very much victimised by psychological warfare that preys upon people's, people's character failings, preys upon any endemic racism in the community, any endemic uh, low levels of education around climate change, around how fires start, etc. That's what Rupert Murdoch and his friends do when they try to convince Australians that it is individual activity that's responsible for fires. So they try to pretend that there's um, a crisis of individual accountability, that there's a crisis of law and justice, uh, and that arsonists are responsible for Australia's severe, incredibly damaging fire season that we're still having. So what's been happening in Australia is... Uh, because of climate change, the increased temperatures associated with that, there's been increased drought. Uh, let's see if I can find this for you. There's a good fact sheet that I was reading today, if anybody wants to share it, if I have any Australian viewers. Um, how are we going? Yes, I guess we've still got Norma Jean's comment up. Uh, I might comment, post a comment myself. Um, Rupert. Murdoch. Now the interesting thing is Rupert Murdoch, um, oh, I had caps lock stuck. Rupert Murdoch erodes democracy. Uh, something stronger than erodes, what's stronger? Rupert Murdoch deceives the public. All right, maybe that's something I should do on my own time. <laughs> it's taking longer than I thought. Deceives the public. Yes, we have to find ways of effectively combating. Um, there we go. All right. Uh, so let's have a look at the ACT TV. Oh, that looks like they're going crossing live to Senator Collins, uh, probably trying to defend herself. She might still be trying to pretend that Mitch McConnell's rules are following the Clinton precedent from Clinton's impeachment trial. As we all should know, that's ridiculous. Um, there was no obstruction of justice at the House level. All the witnesses that they wanted to call were heard in the House and then heard again in the Senate. Uh, 
in the current trial, Trump and the White House obstructed justice to the fullest extent of their capabilities and Democrats didn't pursue the subpoenas through the court system because that was going to delay uh, the, um, the impeachment process in the House. Uh, so they wanted, they asked John Bolton, but they didn't subpoena him because he announced that he was not going to obey a subpoena and, unless it was uh, enforced by the courts. So Bolton has now said that he will obey a subpoena, but he may have done so safe in the knowledge that Republicans all intended to vote to um, exclude any subpoenas of witnesses in the Senate trial of Donald Trump. Uh, Yes, you do get fined if you don't vote in Australia. Oh, I'm just seeing some more of these suggestions that people had for verbs applied to Rupert Murdoch's effect on democracy. Uh, and democracy not just in Australia and the US, but also in the UK as well, where he has various publications that all manipulate language uh, to manipulate the public to capitalise on any geopolitical events that destabilise the world to increase that fear of further destabilisation because fear is always a motivating factor in voting for conservatives. Eventually, corruption sometimes becomes too obvious and then people swing away from conservatives. Uh, and I'm not saying corruption is only, only belongs to conservatives. What I should say is people who are able... <sighs> People who have a strong cover story end up taking advantage of that for corrupt purposes. So the cover story for conservatives at present is that um, Islamic extremism threatens the world, which it does. And that cover story had so much evocative resonance with members of the public that that became a shield to them, like a dressing room changing... What's something that stands up in a changing room that you can hide behind? Anyway, a shield that they could then use as a pass to carry out any manner of corruption, uh, corrupt additions to their, to their political power and to their personal financial circumstances. Uh, that cover story had so much resonance that it could easily be taken advantage of. And the product of conservatives across various Western states taking advantage of the terror uh, inspired by Islamic fundamentalist terrorism has been to increase um, the amount of money that billionaires, that wealthy moneyed interests can introduce into the political system. So there was less protest. The Supreme Court, conservatives on the Supreme Court could get away with uh, introducing Citizens United. What's that, a 2008 or 2010 decision? Uh, that allowed an influx of payments from corporations who have different interests to individuals and who are less shackled by individual consciences but rather impelled forwards by corporate goals to increase profit at, uh, at any cost. So, sure, media manipulation has always existed. That's, I guess, a term for using power and influence to convince others. When done corruptly, then um, people lose out big time. And I think something that's very important in the era of Trump is to emphasize how corruption hurts people. 
because a lot of people who have signed on board for Trumpism or who have signed on for ignoring the, the worst criminal excesses, the most deleterious impacts of Trumpism, are often people who have convinced themselves that nothing matters, that as long as their personal wealth is increasing, then corruption, generally speaking, won't impact them. Uh, but living in an increasingly corrupt society doesn't just benefit the people, so it doesn't just impact the people who haven't signed on. Uh, saying, oh, look, America's falling into corruption shouldn't just be an incentive to support Republicans because then you'll be a beneficiary of Republican corruption. Corruption means uh, that bribes have to be paid to get ahead. Corruption doesn't just mean you're tribe winning at the expense of others, it means living in a society that doesn't uh, adhere to the rule of law as well as it once did. Uh, living in a corrupt society where some people's votes are legally and illegally excluded without, without significant consequence uh, means the economy will suffer. Those people with less means will suffer first. They will lose out on distribution of, of public funds. They won't have a sufficient garbage collection. Rural hospitals will close. Uh, but eventually, all of those, the cumulative effect of people uh, incurring medical costs that they can't meet, people unable to access hospital care because rural hospitals have closed down, that adds up and has the cumulative effect of dragging a society down. Have I missed some comments? No, just Harvested Beast telling me that surprise media manipulation is not new. Media manipulation has hit critical fascistic levels under Rupert Murdoch and his cronies. It should be also noted that a lot of his friends are very wealthy coal barons. So there's loyalty that Rupert Murdoch has, but it's not to America, it's not to Australia, it's not to the UK. Rupert Murdoch's loyalty is to his wealthy peers. Um, and I wanted to point out before that earlier on in the 2000s, was it 2013, Rupert Murdoch uh, was supporting climate science and was introducing policies so that Murdoch, Murdoch media organisations reduced their carbon emissions. Oh, look, there's Lev still talking. Nice. Uh, so... What happened to change Rupert Murdoch's mind? I don't know. He may have just opportunistically realised that there was uh, political power to be gained from denying climate change. He may have realised that the Australian public was sufficiently gullible that you could just switch uh, sides and tell them it was all a beat-up and a lie. Perhaps his coal mining... Uh, prospecting barren friends told him it will hurt our profit margins too much if Australia pursues a corrective course of action on climate change and seeks to prevent the death of millions, um, millions of people and billions upon billions of animals and sea creatures. So we don't often talk about how ocean temperatures have been experiencing uh, massive hotspots that have killed birds uh, and killed fish and other sea life, which will devastate all of the uh, countries that have um, significant food requirements met by protein sourced from the ocean. 
Uh, so all of the non-highly industrialised societies where there are significant fishing, fishing economies, fishing industries, those people will be that much closer to starvation as a consequence of people still debating climate change rather than uh, demanding concerted and effective action on climate change. Oh, I feel sad that we don't have any commentators anymore. I miss my friends. But that's okay. I'm sure somebody will come back. <laughs> An account called Harvested Beast has said, Beats has said, maybe climate change impacted his pineapple empire. Once it didn't matter, he moved on. Does Rupert Murdoch have a pineapple empire? Hmm. All right, well, perhaps I've talked for long enough today. Uh... I can still see the testimony of Marie Yovanovitch happening in the background. I can see that GOP cover-up is still a trending hashtag, which is important. Uh, it does sadden me a little bit to still see hashtags trending that are about sport or television shows, just because we are medicinally treating our angst we are medicinally treating ourselves with pop culture and entertainment and sport and diversions. Diversions uh, that we're encouraged to participate in because danger is so very thoroughly impacting us. So in Australia, I guess you could stay indoors and watch television uh, and try techniques to minimise smoke in your home. But it was hard to get away from the apocalyptic conditions of the fires. And of course, now there are other climate change problems happening as well. There's been um, very destructive hailstorms in Australia's capital. And there have been dust storms caused in no small part by the drought, by the fact that vegetation anchoring topsoil in the ground has now burnt to a crisp, uh, unleashing huge massive dust storms uh, upon various rural communities in Australia. Uh, millions of animals, are, they're, they're, over a billion animals have been estimated to have been incinerated directly in the fires, but millions more are likely to be starving to death now and dying of thirst, even as much as uh, people are trying to provide some food and water for them on the margins of uh, human settlement. You can see lots of kangaroos and wombats congregating at people's homes that have put out food and water for animals. But just imagine all the areas where animals haven't been able to reach uh, human dropped supplies and they're just suffering uh, and dying slow, painful deaths. So I don't enjoy talking about this, but uh, it's... An inevitability at present that climate change will escalate. We're still on a trajectory of uh, massively depleting the remaining carbon budget that stood between us and a two-degree temperature rise. So we were hoping if people listened to the science and people called for concerted action on the part of leaders worldwide uh, to stay below 1.5 degrees Celsius of warming. Uh, does Rupert have 20 billion? I know that Vladimir Putin is estimated to have 20 billion. I don't know what Rupert Murdoch's personal wealth is. I don't think it's as significant as 20 billion. Oh, wow. Did you compliment me and somebody 
blocked it. They might be worrying that you're a troll, Mr. Ed, trying to sidetrack the conversation. Tell me your compliment again. I am quite happy to have it. And I am sad that the feminist movement to reconfigure society in a way that's more respectful towards women has alienated some men and has made people feel too much that it's common sense to reject compliments. Uh, I'm happy for men to open doors or compliment women. Anything that serves as a reminder that, yes, uh, might is not always right. It's worth valuing in any society women who at various times in their lives are likely to be physically weaker than men. I know as a nine-month pregnant woman, there is no man that could not have outrun me. No man with functional legs. Uh, and most women with functional legs could have outrun me as well. So there is a biological imperative, uh, not a biological imperative, there should be a cultural imperative to occasionally recognising that women aren't always as strong as men, that there are circ certain circumstances uh, in which women are biologically likely to be more fragile and that if we don't make gestures, if we don't reinforce our commitment as individuals and as a society towards protecting and caring for women who can be vulnerable, uh, then we are abandoning ourselves to a more exploitative and casually cruel attitude. Because if we surrender to might is right, then we can say, yep, don't help women, don't open the door for women, don't uh, allow women to trade off their beauty as a power tactic anymore um, when it is likely that men are to a degree emotionally subjugated by visual appeals, by the visual appeal of, of women being attractive and that that's something that has helped glue together families and relationships, has helped overcome people's wish to get their own way, that they've been able to make sacrifices and cooperate in no small part because of the biological mechanisms of attraction and sexual activity and consequent release of bonding hormones such as oxycontin, etc. So, yes. Mr. Ed, I hope they didn't block you. Where's my compliment? I want my compliment again. <laughs> I hope, keep it clean though, obviously, keep it clean. Uh, Mr. Ed might have gone away already. Oh, look, it looks like Lindsey Graham is up there again. I would love it if they could get uh, some closed captions so that people with hearing impairments or people who can watch videos but can't turn on the sound could still see uh, what what's being said. And maybe there's somebody who could, um, maybe there are volunteers amongst us who could donate time to ACT TV, I believe it's their account that's broadcasting to this jumbotron screen up outside the US Senate. Uh, people volunteering to transcribe, uh, transcribe this type of video because I presume they'll keep running this video. It's so great to find ways to meaningfully contribute uh, to the fight for justice, the rule of law and for for humanity. Uh, so people, conservatives, will often say they're fighting for humanity. And I've decided that diplomacy, well, is important. Diplomacy is important and we have to stress things that we have in common. So when the right say we want 
to safeguard humanity, I'll say, okay, okay to that. Good, you're on board with me. I too want to safeguard humanity. I just don't want to disregard science. I don't want to disregard the evidence of my eyes and ears that Australia was significantly on fire recently. I don't want to disregard the evidence of uh, mass fish kills in Australian rivers occurring as a consequence of increased temperature. I, I, want, I want to live. I want my children to be able to exist in a functional civilization. Civilization is not going to stay the same because things are getting worse with climate and our hope is still for concerted action. First of all, consensus that concerted action is required, but I'd like it if we kept talking more in fait accompli terms. Like, it's a given that climate change exists, it's a given that it's serious. We really need to be talking about how we mitigate against the problems already being caused, but more significantly take huge action, huge industry altering transitional action to help us move away from the fossil fuel industries that currently taxpayers subsidize with billions of dollars in collected taxes, billions of dollars of public money going to support fossil fuel industries. Listen, the Reserve Bank of Australia has recently been advised that they might have to buy coal um, coal factories, coal energy, uh, electricity generating stations uh, in order to prevent economic collapse because that's how many too-big-to-fail sectors of the energy industry are likely to collapse because people don't want to buy coal anymore because renewable energy is improving so rapidly that people will want to put up more solar panels in their backyard and derive more of their energy um, consumption sources from renewable energy. I don't know what it is actually that's contributing to the demise of coal. Probably some contributional factors are political changes that people in countries where there's not mass deception of the public uh, vote for politicians who promise to take action on climate change. So I know in Australia we're one of the highest adopters of climate scepticism. That is to say positions that are self-deceptive about climate change, the fact that it's happening, and the nature and degree of the threat that it poses to humans. All right, chaps, I've probably chatted enough. Hopefully I've saved some of this audio so I can put it up for anyone who wants to listen in a uh, podcast. The podcast, if anyone wants to search for it, is uh, DavCat43 Fights Fascism. So you can see the spelling of DavCat43 up there. In fact, I'll post it up there now as a comment. Podcast. Dav. Cat 43. Fights fascism. And it's available on Apple iTunes, etc. All right. So is there any other exciting news that's happened while I've been talking? How is the Senate going? I've just misspelt available. So I'll fix that. Done. 
Alright. DavCamp43 fights fascism. So I hope you've enjoyed today's broadcast. Uh, if you know of anybody who would be interested in being interviewed and would be comfortable committing their face and voice to sharing a screen with me, I might ask Tom Arnold if he wants to have another interview. If you haven't seen that, it's up on my YouTube channel. Uh, it's easier to go back and access that than it is to plough through Periscope, I would imagine. But it was a broadcast on the 8th of the 7th of, of January this year. I chatted to Tom Arnold for, for a good half an hour and it was interesting. And yes, I hope to be talking to more people soon, uh, including Tara Strong, an American voice actress who has voiced ponies, Twilight Sparkle and My Little Pony, if you have small children like I do. And uh, who else? Oh, Raven from Teen Titans. What a great show. I'm very into children's television. Uh because I admit my children do watch a reasonably significant amount of television. But that's okay because they have quality adult interaction as well and their vocab is good and they get a lot of uh, physical activity as well. <laughs> I'm just talking about my children now, but I'll stop. Carol's saying she enjoys your show very much. What channel could you watch the trial? Uh, that's a good question. What channel can people watch the trial on? Who knows? Who can answer that? Because I know there's one camera allowed in them. I'll Google, how can I watch the Senate impeachment trial? Um... Oh, it looks like it's here on YouTube as well. That's good. Um, all right, well, I will share the link to that just on here. Copy and paste. So I think normally it would be on C-SPAN, but Mitch McConnell... All right. Oh, no, that's not what I wanted. <coughs> okay. Okay, I think I think I've got a link now. There. That is a link to the impeachment trial. So we might go watch it a bit right now. Actually, oh, I can um, add a different screen. Chrome tab, YouTube. Oh. <laughs> 
So I'm wondering if you guys can hear what I can hear. Because I can hear Neil Gaiman talking, but you might not be able to hear. Can you hear me? Can anybody write a message about that? Can you hear me now? Okay, now you can't hear anything. Okay, so hopefully you can hear me, but not Neil Gaiman. So, of course, YouTube is giving me an exercise in masterclass writing because they know how much I want to be a writer. All right, Paul's here. Hello, Paul. Thanks for joining in. Can you hear Neil Gaiman talking? Because he's talking about how he can work his way through. Oh, this is a great program that I'm using. Um, I'm using a website called streamyard.com. You can only hear me, okay. All right, maybe I'll take this out for a second. Okay, that's good. So you can hear me. I hope the volume is reasonably consistent for you all. And soon this ad will be over. Maybe I could have clicked through the ad, but I was enjoying it. I can hear in one ear Neil Gaiman talking about how to work through... Um, <laughs> Work through, work through writer's block. He's saying you need a conviction that you are brilliant and that your writing will set the world on fire and that only you can tell the story. Maybe I can ask for a masterclass for my birthday from my husband. That would be nice. All right, so now it should go to Trump's legal claim. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, no more ads. No, I refuse. How can I get rid of this? Skip ad, yay. Okay. Okay, well, that's not the right. <laughs> Lordy. Now, that means that the... The link I shared before might not have been to a YouTube channel of the impeachment hearing. I thought it was, but somehow I managed to produce a Stephen Colbert, uh, a Stephen Colbert clip. Of course, Stephen Colbert is very valuable. A lot of people find their politics easier to ingest with a side dose of humor. And in fact, watchers of The Daily Show scored most highly in a psychological or political poll of uh, who had the best understanding of American politics or who, no, sorry, who was best up to date with, with facts. Oh, Paul really loved my interview with Niroz. That's awesome. I will let him know. Um, he will probably come and go, uh, appear again sometime if we can set that up. It's difficult for him. His internet access is not the best, but sometimes people visit him uh, in, in the detention centre where he's resided for the last four years <sighs> at the whim of the Australian government. Uh, prior to that, he was a tax-paying resident who was in the country legally but whose um, ongoing 
request to uh, obtain uh, an asylum-seeking visa was suddenly denied and um, court systems so far have basically found in his favour, but ministers can overrule that. There's a great deal of cruelty meted out from a conservative government, a Trump-style conservative government, you can imagine, to individual asylum seekers living in Australia. Uh, yeah, the denial of, of due process, the, uh, there had to be a court challenge to allow them to have their phones in detention centres because they're being detained so that they're not part of the Australian population. They're not being detained because they've committed a crime in any way, shape or form. They're just told you don't have a current visa to reside here so you have to stay in a detention centre. But a legal challenge made it possible for detainees such as Naroz to at least have some of his civil liberties returned to him, namely access to a phone so he can communicate with the outside world, outside of his own cell in an Australian-run detention centre. Yes, I saw, um, I haven't watched the whole thing actually, I saw some of his scope with Dan Illick. Yes, I was watching it. I was watching it at bedtime after the children went to bed, but then I was tired, so I do have to catch up on the rest of that. Um, did you watch it? Did you watch his scope? I'm so glad that I'm bringing a Canadian or American audience to um, to see to see some of the asylum seekers being detained at the mercy of the Australian government. And when I say mercy, I mean lack of mercy. Our Prime Minister was famous at one point for using a phrase, unfunded empathy. So, you know, we can't have unfunded empathy. Of course, government selects who is going to be empathised with and who is going to be helped. And the Australian government is currently being rocked by a scandal that they used $100 million of taxpayer money to distribute sport grants to various clubs and sporting facilities that were supposed to be decided upon merit. So there, were, there was an application process. Um, people from impoverished communities or just less wealthy communities spent hours of their lives filling out arduous application forms describing the needs of their clubs and, and sporting organisations. And instead, the government, including the Prime Minister, were complicit in a scheme to just distribute that entire $100 million, uh, primarily to to sporting organisations in marginal districts, districts, essentially swing districts, so marginal seats where there was a, co um, a conservative party lead but, but small. So they wanted to shore up their political advantages, political advantage, and they distributed $500,000, for example, to a wealthy rowing club in um, Tony Abbott's seat. Tony Abbott is a former Prime Minister of Australia who's so unpopular that even giving his rowing club, the rowing club in his suburb, $500,000 didn't help him keep his seat. He was very unpopular and he lost because the well-educated people in that district could no longer countenance his climate change denialism and even though they couldn't bring themselves to vote for a relatively progressive Labour union, pro-union party, they voted in an independent woman, former Olympic athlete, who supports the science of climate change, who doesn't deny science and who encourages political action to be taken on this issue that will kill the grandchildren of wealthy people just as much as it will kill the grandchildren of people with less money. 
That's great. Well, I, I'm really glad you enjoyed the scope with Naroz. Uh, and I hope you'll come back on again too so you can listen to him here as well. Uh, so C-SPAN, C-SPAN's broadcasting the trial all on Periscope. I thought C-SPAN wasn't allowed a camera. Perhaps that rule was overturned. I don't know if I got around to answering uh, C. Diddy's question before about what program I'm using. I'm using StreamYard, which allows me to broadcast simultaneously to both Twitter and YouTube. I mean, both to Periscope and YouTube. Uh, I, oh, while I'm putting things up on the screen, I should put up that I also have a Patreon account. Um, I have two Patreons who are both amazingly, unbelievably generous and help me commit to this task of, um, of broadcasting and help supply me with funds to purchase equipment and things. So Patreon account is Dav Chat. Oops. Yes, you can broadcast for free on StreamYard. Uh, but if you want, uh, if you want to broadcast to two locations simultaneously, you you have to pay a monthly fee. All right. So that's the comments section for today. Uh, I don't know how much more I can add to the conversation about the impeachment trial, which is ongoing, other than to say. Yes, as sad as we are about the fact that Republicans are irredeemable sellouts, uh, it's good for the public to know that, I guess. It would have been better to have witnesses, to have Mike Pompeo called, to have Bolton called. <coughs> but at the same time, it's to be hoped that this will really doom the political chances of Republican senators that are up for re-election <coughs> this November in 2020. It's so good to have my voice back. DJ the pastor, I'm glad you joined in. I still haven't managed to add you yet as a, um, as a moderator. So if what I do is take a photo of that, maybe that will help me on my to-do list. Okay. So, yes, I'll say goodbye, everybody. I've been talking for an hour. Um, how are you doing, DJ? It's good to have pastors on board. Australia is about to introduce some laws allowing religious people to discriminate against um, people who are gay, people who are transgender, which is going to be a problem. But at least the way to get out of some of that might be to start a new church, to um, start a new church so that people can claim religious protections maybe start a church of inclusiveness which allows gay people the right to demand to be employed. No, it's difficult. You can't heal all of the industrial relations problems caused by overly favouring uh, religious bigotry against gay people and against transgender people. So, uh, yeah, that law is in the works in Australia. Basically... We have a lot of problems similar to America without the same infestation of Russian influence, 
but we have an evangelical extremist in power, somebody who subscribes to the prosperity gospels in that if you're poor, it's a mark of your bad character. So, of course, somebody in government will do all that they can to avoid helping you and avoid supplying you with help. The prosperity gospels are just a lovely formalized series of rationalizations for wealthy people to avoid paying tax or to have people elected who uh, give the wealthy tax cuts whilst leaving the poor and the middle class to pick up the burden of uh, looking. You know what? I've got a second wind. I'm not going anywhere yet. I did start to say my goodbyes before. Uh, but hey, <laughs> I'm excited by my ability to check Twitter online and talk about it with you guys live. Oh, wow. Hakeem Jeffries just quoted Biggie Smalls. If you don't know, now you know. I wonder what this was about. Uh, oh, watching addressing the issue of whether to call witnesses for President Trump's trial, impeachment manager Hakeem Jeffries is showing data of the long history of US Senate witnesses calling for other impeachment trials. Look at this, I can bring this up right now and show you that there's hundreds of years of precedence in relation to impeached officials, impeached officials, as well as President Clinton. I think they've accidentally put the words Judge Nixon, and oh no, maybe there was a Judge Nixon because that says 1989. Oh, yes, and of course Nixon never made it to trial because he resigned uh, prior to even being impeached when he was warned by fellow Republicans that they had the votes to impeach him and that the evidence in the public eye was, was sufficient to, to condemn him sufficiently in the public's eye for it to be a thing. All right. Oh, there was a Secretary of War who was impeached as well. And look at all the various witnesses. That's, that's great that Hakim is using um, visual aids to emphasize that point. Oh, they were wearing Apple watches to circumvent the rules. Oh, I literally saw a picture of a GOP rep with a phone in his hand. Um, yes, and certainly Trump has meetings at Mar-a-Lago, which you know, would add to the excitement of his guests, so would add to his ability to uh, hype up that $200,000 membership fee that he charges for Mar-a-Lago membership. Am I pronouncing Mar-a-Lago properly? I hope so. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'll have to look, at, look up Warren Harding when I have the opportunity. I like that Auntie Jane's comment. Auntie Jane, if you want your comment to be taken down, if you're not enjoying your profile picture and comment up on screen, anybody can always let me know. It's very easy for me to, to stop that. I will put David's comment up there now so that we can reflect on the fact that Trump's corruption means America is much less secure. At Trump's instigation, Jared Kushner was also given a security clearance uh, against the advice of seasoned uh, career officials in the clearance department. And the whistleblower for that, what was her name? Trisha something. And Carl, oh, I'll have to look up these names again so that we can remember. Because she uh, was complaining that Jared Kushner and his wife, Ivanka Kushner, or Ivanka Trump, uh, did not pass clearance on any objective measure. 
and they were still being awarded security clearances. And instead, she was punished within her job. Files were moved out of her reach and thus hampering her ability to do her job. Trisha, let's look her up. Trisha, whistleblower. Trisha Newbold, maybe. Trisha Newbold. Trisha Newbold. Yes, White House security manager. Wow, she's got her own um, Wikipedia entry. She even returned to work after... She, she's worked in the executive office of the President of the United States since the year 2000. She works as a manager in the White House personnel... White House's personnel security office. She was born with a rare form of dwarfism. She was suspended for 14 days without pay for refusing to cooperate with procedures implemented by her supervisor. She has alleged that this suspension was made in retaliation for attempting to express her concerns about the granting of security clearances by her office. In March 2019, Newbold spoke privately to the House Oversight Committee, claiming that at least 25 Trump administration officials were granted security clearances over the objections of career staffers. Newbold also asserted that some of these officials, we're talking Kushner, etc., had previously had their applications rejected for disqualifying issues, only for these, those rejections to be overturned with, without adequate explanation. On April the 1st, 2019, Elijah Cummings, the committee chair, released a letter detailing, pardon me, detailing Newbold's accusations. Here we go. In a subsequent interview with NBC News, she accused her former boss, Carl Klein, of embarrassing her by moving files to high locations where she could not reach them. So she became the first official currently serving in Donald Trump's White House, to take accusations of wrongdoing to Congress and to put her name currently behind them. So I'm now going to post this link to the Trisha Newbold Wikipedia page so that anybody can see it. So her boss was Carl Klein. So he's the Trump appointee who overruled various objections to uh, disqualifying rejections of Jared Kushner and Ivanka. So there were how many? Oh, maybe I can do, no, I can't do two screens, but I could share the screen with something else. No, I'll choose not to do that. So that's, that's very important. We should be singing her name because she is really the first critical whistleblower whose name we know. There is other whistleblowers, but the pattern of criminality uh, did not initiate with Ukraine. We already knew that Trump and his cohort of criminal co-conspirators were obstructing justice as if their life depended on it already. All right, so Schiff has said, let's be real. You think the GOP is hoping to say yes to witnesses? A vote to delay is a vote to deny. They aren't going to have an epiphany. I wonder if the American people are having an epiphany. It's always interesting how to make space psychologically for people to change their mind. 
So let this be a place where people can come together to share their tips of anybody who uh, has been known to change their mind, to admit that they were wrong. R.I.P. Elijah Cummings. Yes, R.I.P. Rest in peace. <sighs> Put that up. So, yes, it must be getting quite late for some of you guys. Uh, I wonder what proportion of Americans are staying up late to be able to watch this. Of course, it's not easy if, um, if you have a job to go to the next day. My only job is I have to get up early in the morning to help my children get ready for school and then pick them up in the afternoon and keep a tidy house and buy groceries and cook meals, etc. But I should also be doing other stuff. I should be. If anybody wants to encourage me to do this as well, I'd appreciate it. I should be writing a presentation on how to best empower parents to help with, with their children's speech and language development. That's my specialty. Um, and I can do both. I can do both amateur political punditry on the ills besetting American politics, UK politics and Australian politics. Uh, ah, yes, that's a point I've long wanted to make. David's just writing this, saying something very interesting. As long as you take Trump out of the equation, more people can engage with facts. That is so important because Trump attracts that uh, cult following and that cult level suspension of logic and, and the faculty of reasoning. So if you talk to people about the corruption of people associated with Trump without specifically mentioning Trump, then you can potentially make more progress. So yes, because I think that was a critical factor for my dad when some of those arrests were made uh, of Paul Manafort, uh, George Papadopoulos, Carl, what's Paul Manafort's? Rick Gates. Rick Gates was Paul Manafort's um, deputy campaign chairperson. Uh, he just received quite a reduced sentence because of the degree of his cooperation. So, yes, I'm presuming David's going to finish writing his comment uh, that says, when you take Trump out of the equation, more people engage with the facts around corruption. And Americans don't like being taken for suckers. So I think that's a very important point that we can't just be using Trump as a polarizing figurehead to talk about. Yes, he polarizes. And yes, he, he's a cult figure in that people have suspended their ability to think because they've conflated Trump's confidence with uh, American security. They think the more confident Trump sounds, the more America will flourish. And to a degree, they're right. Americans have always been taught, uh, think it, be it, or something. What is it? Fake it till you make it. So for Americans who believe that that's a driving principle of how to get things done, it doesn't matter if Trump's telling the truth or not. He's faking it till he makes it on America's behalf in the realms of national security, economic growth, etc. Now, there must be some people for whom the fake it till you make it argument is wearing thin. And there must be some independent farmers in various battleground states, such as Wisconsin, where farmers have suffered so much, where even Trump's lavish giveaways of public money, $28 billion worth of public money, uh, is, 
is being so poorly distributed that there's so many bankruptcies and so many suicides of farmers who uh, are in so much debt and are struggling so much to even provide for their own families, let alone sustain a business that involves undertaking a great deal of initial debt. <laughs> yes, thanks. Thanks, David. Uh, I try to be sharp. Hooray. Um, so let's write out strategies for today. Oh, no, can't see that. Um, what if I do this? Haha. -ha. Okay. Mm. Well, I guess if I just write over this side of the board. All right. Strategies. I do love whiteboards. You might be able to tell that I'm something of a teacher, have, an in, have enjoyed something of a career in the teaching profession. All right, strategies. Um, not to waste your time too much with people who will just suck your energy and be obdurate Trump supporters, but for for people who you think it might be possible to get through to. Um, so we'll address corruption. Associated. With people in Trump's orbit. So Trump has been a massive boon to the Republican Party. They can pretend that they don't like him sometimes, that he's too crass or they don't like his, his tweets. But he, his circus ringleader approach has provided them with a lot of cover to advance policies that are broadly unpopular with, uh, with Americans. So you can ask them to look up what's happening with uh, the Affordable Care Act, with protections for oh, pre-existing conditions. So yes, you, we know areas where Trump is most vulnerable uh, to people hearing the real information because that's sometimes where he lies the hardest or his lies are such a significant departure from the truth. So when Trump says, I am the only one who's protecting your pre-existing conditions associated health care, that means he really needs people to believe that. He really needs people to listen to him as the self-proclaimed sole arbiter of truth. So anything we can get out there to say, well, actually the conservative chief justice of the Supreme Court, John Roberts, is it John Roberts? Chief Justice Roberts. Uh, has moved a decision regarding pre-existing conditions, has moved that to after the election so that Trump, well, not he doesn't openly say this, but essentially it will be so that Trump doesn't suffer from the electoral blowback of finding out that all of these millions of Americans have lost health care coverage because they have pre-existing conditions and Trump, Trump's administration took the Affordable Care Act to court in order to overturn the provision for people with pre-existing conditions. So yes, Trump is like the Affordable Care Act, but they hate Obamacare. Yes, we have learned more about the degree to which racism has poisoned the thinking of conservative Americans. 
Uh, and that's why it's important for us to note repeatedly and always that racism is not merely does not merely have to be active acts of persecution, like literally lynching somebody or physically hurting them. There are ways to hurt African-American communities and African-American individuals uh, by undermining their voice and uh, undoing their achievements and rewriting history to to downplay their successes so that you can inflict harm on the American public all by taking advantage of this passive racism, this inability to engage with facts when the facts show an African-American leader acting in a good light. So Obama did a lot to reinvigorate the American economy. The trajectory of that economy, having dropped significantly in the Bush years, was going up and up and up. And then Trump starts here, the economy continues on its upwards trajectory and Trump claims this to be a point of difference, uh, that this direction has changed and that any economic growth happening in his tenure has been a massive departure from, from economic failure under Obama, which is the opposite of reality. And the fact that this, this particularly, particularly impactful lie is, is under-discussed in American med media is one reason why we, we have to plug those holes. We have to do that job for the media. Twitter is like an engine of news. Just If we just talk to people we know, then yes, we're keeping ourselves happy in a bubble of nitrous oxide, but which is laughing gas, I believe. But if we use Twitter, uh, the opportunity it affords us to make contact with journalists, to respond en masse to, to particular questions, to start hashtags for ourselves that then become so big that they do get reported on in mainstream media, uh, we can hold journalists better to account and we can demand that they talk about some of the issues which they are under-reporting on. And one is the consequence of Trump's lie, that Trump lied that this change in economic trajectory happened here. This was not Trump. This was Obama and this was the trajectory under Obama. So the precipitous fall initiated from Bush by spending so much of your taxpayer money, uh, trillions of taxpayer dollars in warfare against uh, a Middle Eastern country, Iraq, which was not involved in 9-11 and did not have weapons of mass destruction. Um, so all of the economic downfall of America was attributable to the Republican performative militarism that says, feel better, you've, you've felt insecure because of Islamic terrorism, uh, regain your sense of security through us throwing millions upon millions of dollars at uh, activities that will kill so many brown people that you will feel avenged against brown people. Uh, so Bush let Americans um, pile their insecurities and pile their fears into a relentless money pit of misdirected money pit of, of vengeance against 
against people who were different. Uh, a big, Bush enabled a big, expensive, costly and physical in the lives of American soldiers as well as hundreds of thousands of lives of Iraqi civilians uh, in the pit of misdirected vengeance against an outgroup, people who are not Americans. Yes, of course we need to stay in a bubble of information um, for self-protective psychological reasons, but we can still talk to journalists. Journalists are not ostensibly MAGA supporters. They are sometimes complicit in promoting Donald Trump because of their irrational adherence to a both-sidesism type of professional etiquette. So when they say, okay, we have to look at both sides to present to give the impression that we're fair and balanced. So we'll have to try and dig for equal amounts of truth. We'll report on some things that are true about the Democrat Party, and then we'll just, to make it even, we'll just have to pretend that some of the things the Republicans saying are true. We'll have to pretend that Hillary Clinton's emails are the worst thing ever, just so we're reporting on truth because the Democrats are making all these allegations about Trump. We'll have to balance that out with allegations against Hillary Clinton, even though, as multiple investigations have made clear to the American public now, there, there was no criminal activity or significant malfeasance associated with Hillary Clinton's email account. There was no there there. The fact that even Trump-appointed investigators have not found Hillary Clinton guilty of anything, that, you know, multiple investigations have now concluded, she's not going to jail, she didn't do anything wrong. I wonder how Rachel Maddow does it. I guess she gets ad breaks. I do not have ad breaks to discreetly drink water off camera. I could just do this. This water bottle is not the easiest to drink for. I bought it for my daughter. She's four and she likes unicorns. But uh, she can't take off the lid very well, actually. This is why I should have taken her shopping with me. To go, let's try. Next time I buy a water bottle, I will. But in the meantime, I guess I'm stuck for personal usage with a, a very colourful water bottle. Yes, Hillary Clinton keeps getting cleared while Trump people keep going to jail. Yes, the stock market. I think we should do more investigative work to uncover what exactly it is that they're doing to inflate the stock market because I think it's being artificially inflated. I think there's likely to be a crash. Productivity hasn't increased as much as the stock market has uh, and the Fed is pumping millions of dollars into it. Thanks, Auntie Jane. You stayed for ages. I really appreciate it. Uh, maybe I should go and save my voice while I can. I'll be inspired by your departure, Auntie Jane. And next time I come, I resolve to get myself up to speed more with what's happening in the stock market. When I do talk to Trump to people of my acquaintance, those who know Americans say they know wealthy Americans who tell them my 401k has just gone up so much. Like how could I complain about Trump when I'm personally financially benefiting so much from his achievements? And I am adding quotation marks around achievements because of course Trump is horrific uh, for the American economy actually. He has had to He's instituted tariffs that have wrought devastation upon American farmers and devastation upon the manufacturing industries. Uh, so 
No, I'll, I will find some more um, summaries of ways in which Trump has exerted negative downwards pressure on the US economy and that he's just the fact that the stock market obviously likes a liar. The stock market obviously likes a showman who can talk up the stock market and so pump it up. Fake it till you make it is a saying that is being gleefully embraced uh, by the stock market until they will... I guess, significantly crash at some point in the future. Probably not all that distant future. Gold is still increasing in value, which shows some people have enough sense to be uneasy about putting their money, investing their money in stocks. That they understand that there's a degree of bubble happening, that the purported value of stocks is, is a little bit untethered from reality at this point much in the same way that all of Trump's pronouncements are untethered, highly untethered from reality. All right. Oh, I'm sorry, I've got Trump's face up there. We don't like that. Um. Oh, Jeffries is replaying a video where Trump said he'd love his senior aides to testify. Oh, my doorbell's also rung. I'd better go. Thanks so much, everybody. I'll talk again soon to you all another time. Hopefully tomorrow. Bye. Why aren't you ending? Oh, end. <laughs> Bye, everyone.